everybody. What is going on? It is your girl here, Shalane, with Hey Did You Know? And today, I have a very special guest. We're going to be talking about teachers and the possibility of them returning back to school, brick and mortar school, mind you, in August, okay? But before we do, let me just go ahead and just get that house cleaning done and out of the way, okay? So, Thank you, everyone, who's been listening to this podcast. My podcast can be heard everywhere where podcasts are hosted. That could be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Transistor FM. I mean, there's so many, but thank you so much for listening. You can catch me on social media. You can catch me on Twitter under Shalane Demrest. You can catch me on Facebook and on Instagram under Hey Did You Know? Okay, so now that we got that out of the way, let's get into business. All right. So, what we have today, we've got a dilemma with teachers having to go back to work or possibly making the awful decision of them possibly quitting teaching because they don't want to go back to work. Today's special guest is Anna Marie D. Simone, and she is a teacher and wife and mother of three school-age children right here in Orlando. And today I wanted to go ahead and take the opportunity to speak with her. So without further ado, here's my interview with Anne Marie. Okay, so I've got, as promised, a really good friend of mine. She is Anne Marie De Simone. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> and and um, I'm, first of all, thank you so much for um, coming on today. I really, I, I'm really passionate about this. I have a lot of friends who are teachers, and even though I don't have small children or just children in the school system myself, a lot of my friends do, and I feel like this is going to be a very powerful episode today. So thank you for coming on. Oh, thank um, you for asking me. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, um, so just a little bit about Amory and I, um, we actually met in a totally different uh, capacity. Um, I'm a, you know, yeah, I will say I'm a professional cosplayer and you and your husband, Bill, had this amazing panel many moons ago, feels like many moons ago. It feels like forever ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, we, you know, my husband and I, we really feel like you and Bill are like just outstanding people. You guys are just, you guys are like legit. You say what you, you do what you say, you mean what you say, whatever. So. Thank you. And I'm, and, and then, so when I saw that you became a teacher, I was like, wow, that's awesome because we need more teachers. You know I mean? You're extremely bright, you know, and, <laughs> and she just got her stuff together. So anyway. My thing is that I've read now, um, as of August, our governor has decided that it's okay for our kids to go back to the brick and mortar traditional uh, school, if you will, capacity. And I, you know, you are very unique because for those, you know, for those who don't know, Anne Marie is a, she's a mother, she's a mother of three children that are in the school system and she's a teacher. So this kind of gets, she, she's in this interesting category where she has to make some serious decisions. And so this is the reason why I have you on today. So first and foremost, Emery, how long, um, how long have you been in the system? As, as um, this is actually only going to be my second year teaching. But I started um, getting into the school system a few years ago. I was a state exam proctor through Kelly Services. Um, at the end of that school year, they're like, hey, do you want to be a substitute next year? And I hemmed and I hawed and I was like, mm, you know what, I'll do it. 
And I started substituting and realized that I actually really liked it and started pursuing the alternate path to certification because my college degree is actually in theater and directing. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, very different route, yet extremely similar. It's amazing how much theater there is in teaching. Oh, yes. <laughs> so much theater. Uh, you're always, you're always on stage. Yes. Um, so, but I have been very involved with all of my kids' schools since they were in pre-K. I, you know, would come in and be a mystery reader. And I was the on uh, PTA. I was like executive board for PTA for many years. And so I've just, I was always in school. So we figured I might as well get paid to be in school. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, what grades are your kids in? Uh, My kids are in fourth, fifth, and seventh grade. Um, They actually go to a magnet school. So they are all at the same. It runs from second through seventh right now. So it is a special program. It's a, it's a gifted uh, magnet program. So it's more um, hands-on and more to meet those needs um, that they may not necessarily get at a traditional school, but it is still a public essentially school. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask before, before I jump into the meat and potatoes or what I really want, I mean, like I'm foaming at the mouth <laughs> right now to talk about this, but before we do, all right, so we all know we are in a pandemic right now, and your kids, I'm sure you homeschooled your kids. So how challenging was that for you? Oi. Okay. <laughs> That's it a great very, very challenging. Yes. Okay, so the school that I taught at last year, because I am also switching schools and grade levels this year, so I just am just basically starting with a fresh slate. But the school I was at last year was um, – a very a low socioeconomic status, Title I school. Most families didn't have computers, internet, anything. Mm. So everybody, you know, jumped into doing all this online stuff. And my students were having to get pick up packets from school when they picked up their food or have things mm. mailed. And there was a lot of confusion there. Mm-hmm. Don't know who was responsible, but there was confusion. It was a really rough for being a very active and hands-on teacher to basically be cut off <laughs> from everything when uh, after spring break. So there are some of my kids that I had no interaction with after spring break. It was kind of crazy. They did at one point switch to, or not switch to, um, we added a digital component and the district was able to give about half of my class computers and hotspots. So we were able to do some more digital learning and I definitely saw an increase in participation. But so while I was navigating all of that, I also was creating a gigantic spreadsheet of when all three of my kids had their live lessons. Oh, wow. So, like, for my then third grader, I was teaching third grade last year, so it was a lot easier because I knew exactly what he was learning and could support him anytime. Mm -hmm. He also had phenomenal teachers. They did small groups. She would do, like, small groups of four for math to teach it instead of teaching, like, all... 18, 20 kids at once on a Zoom because kids on a Zoom is an adventure in itself. Um, <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> adults on Zoom, kids on a Zoom is an adventure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so he wasn't too bad. He was, he's a pretty self-motivated kid, so he would do it. My daughter was in fourth grade. Um, I literally didn't have to do anything. She woke up. She knew her schedule. She did her work. 
I had to remind her to turn in her PE log and that was about it. Mm-hmm. Then my, uh, my middle schooler, he's the one who needed a little kick in the butt all the time. So <laughs> we spent the majority of the last nine weeks sitting next to me while he was doing his lessons and making phone calls to teachers and all of this sort of stuff. So it was a rough situation because like I'd be sitting there trying to get my students to turn stuff in while literally poking my kid and going, did you do your science today? Did you do your social studies? How are you doing on this? How are you doing on this? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> so it was, uh, summer was a very welcome break for everyone. Yeah. Okay. Well, so now moving forward, now we have this lovely situation that's in front of us. Okay. So right. as we mentioned before, you have their school age children. So you have that versus you, you yourself being a teacher. So how is this going to work out for you? I mean, for, well, for, for, first of all, uh, how do you even feel about that in the first place before you before um, we talk about how it's going to work out? <laughs> well, I, my personal feeling is that the brick and mortar school should not be open. It is not safe. Well, let me clarify. All opinions are my own. I do not speak for my district or <laughs> any other you might, you might want to throw that disclosure in there. <laughs> Let's just This is all my personal opinions, thoughts, observations, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not speak for my union or anything. It's, it's just me. Mm-hmm. And I do not believe we should be open. I do not feel that we can necessarily be safe. Because when you have to have students six feet apart, first of all, they're not going to be six feet apart, even if they, their desks start there at the beginning of the day. You're not going to fit a full classroom of students. It's impossible. Um, I'm teaching fifth grade this year, and our maximum is over 20 students per class. Oh uh, there's no way. Um, <laughs> I haven't, I've only been into my new classroom once. And with all this, the chairs and the desks all there kind of pushed together, there still wasn't a lot of room. So I don't think they, we can even fit like half of that comfortably, successfully. Right. Um, in addition, kids are gross. <laughs> <laughs> kids, kids, kids are just really gross. Um, they think it's funny to sneeze on people, cough on people, rub boogers on people. Even when you say, why are you doing that? Is that as nasty? Please go get a Clorox wipe. Like they don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't feel necessarily confident in that. Um, my personal experience last year, um, we had a bit of a janitorial shortage at the school I was at. Ooh. If I didn't sweep my room, it did not get swept, at least for the second half of the year that we were there. Oh, wow. um, yeah, my trash was always taken out, but that was the bare minimum. I was without soap and or paper towels at least one or two days a week. I do not believe that my, um, I had a restroom within my classroom and I don't believe it was properly cleaned nightly. Mm. There were some days I would come in and there would be evidence that they did not thoroughly Mm. clean. So, um, and that was without a pandemic. So, you know, that's without the thorough cleaning. Yeah, I was going to say, because first of all, let's back this up, because I was reading about (laughs) part part of the problem is when when you're making your people go back to workforce, whether it's teaching, whatever, there's reconfiguration involved. So schools are already packed as it is. So how are you going to have full classes with the reconfiguration of social distancing? And then who is going to be supplying you your wipes and your Lysol and all that stuff to keep your classroom clean right well because first of all teachers should not be cleaning I believe it is actually written into our contract that we are not obligated for uh, most of that 
I'm not 100% sure, but I think there's there's a level of um, housekeeping janitorial that we are not supposed to be held responsible for. Last year, I was provided over the course of the year, two things of Clorox wipes and two things of hand sanitizer. Mm. That, that's it. And one of them I got like before school started and the other I got just as coronavirus started to be announced or um, starting to be a thing. Mm -hmm. And um, the rest I either bought on my own, had donated from parents, which was few and far between. Um, But I actually did a donors choose project last year for cleaning supplies to keep my classroom clean. I, you know, I was like, I know I can't pull this out of my own budget. So I put together a project to get hand sanitizer, Lysol spray, hand soap, um, a Swiffer mop, Lysol wipes, all of that sort of stuff so that my uh, tissues, oh my gosh, the tissues. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what they do with them. I think they eat them. But um, Paper airplanes. <laughs> seriously, uh, tear them into tiny pieces and throw them as spitballs. Exactly. And um, so I did that just so that I could keep my room clean. Hmm. Uh, nobody should have to, you know, no. do that. <laughs> Not for cleanliness. No. I shouldn't have felt the need to do that, my, my school should have provided that for me. And mm-hmm. that is not something that's provided. Okay. And then here's the favorite subject that we've seen all over social media are the masks. So I'm sure that your school is going to make it mandatory to wear a mask, right. you know, and hopefully that we'll have 100% compliance from both employees and, you know, students. But, right. You know, I, okay, so I have no problem wearing a mask personally, been wearing them. Um, anytime I leave the house except to walk the dog and have even started to consider wearing them then. Um, mm-hmm. We just have a very active neighborhood. Everybody's always out running, jogging, walking dog, riding bikes. And there's just a lot of people now. Right. Um, and then my kids are actually very, very good about it. I'm lucky about that. One thing that about my kids is since they are all classified as gifted, it also increases their care and concern for others. That's just like a characteristic of a gifted child. So they get it. They understand that by wearing a mask, I'm protecting others as well as myself. They get it. And it's not, I don't, people are saying that like the kids aren't going to be able to leave them on and all that. Yeah, there's some kids, but you have to teach your child to put their mask on and leave it on their face. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's that's that's a part of parenting during a pandemic is you have to teach them that get a mask that they like let them pick a design on etsy or something um let them pick is it a tie does it go over their ears is it a neck gaiter i don't care what you do but mm-hmm. they gotta they have to be able to do that my daughter and i have discovered that usually at about an hour to two hours is when the two of us start to get extremely thirsty because yeah. back at the end of May, when things in Florida started to slowly open up, we took full advantage of going to a store because we were like, get me out of the house. Let's go shopping. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so we like attacked the shopping center. We're like, we're going to Michael's. We're going to Home Goods, We're going to Office Mag. We went everywhere for a couple of five below. And I'm pretty sure our only purchase of five below was giant bottles of ice cold water because we were dying. (laughs) The masks just make you like so thirsty. Yeah. But you know, shortly after that is when we started to see all the spikes and we're like, and take it back now. Everybody (laughs) just stay home. (laughs) Just stay at home. That's right. So so we had a great two weeks of going out to the store and then Mm -hmm. realized that was not a smart thing. But I, I, I can't imagine a kindergartner. 
mm-hmm. with a mask. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, they are barely able. I mean, they're not able to walk down the hall. So mm-hmm. <laughs> my third graders were not able to walk down the hall without touching each other. So it's going to be, I mean, masks are a thing and I would love to be able to not permit a child in my classroom with ma- without a mask, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure that's going to be an allowable thing. And that makes me scared because it's it, both people wearing masks is how everybody stays safe. Yes. If everybody, if we just had a hundred percent buy-in on wearing masks, this would not be as bad as it is. Mm-hmm. We would not be like Florida is like the third, no, second highest outbreak in the world. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay, Florida. We are number two. Just got to take down Arizona and we're in. But like, we shouldn't be higher as a state than countries, whole gigantic countries. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's just insane. <laughs> but so yeah. That, so, Emory, where does that leave you? Because you have a decision to make is like, do you decide to, cause here, you as a teacher is like, do you keep your children home, but you go to school? Do you now go back yeah. to work? Do you quit? I mean, what is it you're going to do? Um, my kids are not going back to school. They are going to do the distance learning option. Well, it is called launch ed at home in um, Orange County. Mm-hmm. It is essentially distance learning kind of like we did in the spring, but done in a different fashion to be determined how that's going to look. It is supposed to mirror their school day, which I have qualms about them sitting in front of a computer for that long, but we have been assured that they are not just going to sit in front of a computer all day and watch their classmates or their teachers and stuff. So I'm, I'm going to be optimistic because my only other options face-to-face is not an option for, for my children. I, I refuse. One of my kids is, has a higher risk because of a medical condition. And so I'm not even putting that out there. And they, all three of them, I've had a conversation with them. They all understand they are not going back into the classroom until January. Hmm. And they're cool with it. They get it. They're like, all right, you know, that's, it's yeah. not safe. They, un- they can read numbers and <laughs> they trust science. Um, <laughs> But um, I myself am not sure what's going to happen. The district surveyed um, teachers to find out their preferences. We had to list our top two preferences between face-to-face, teaching Longette at home, or switching to do um, Orange County Virtual or Florida Virtual. So if we switch to doing Orange County Virtual, Florida Virtual, which will you know all be taught from home, um, that's, that's a whole different job. You have to apply and get chosen for that job. It is not anything that they will automatically like transfer you into. Um, and it's going to be based on how, what enrollment is, even though enrollment in Orange County virtual has gone way up, like hundreds and thousands more students than they normally have. Yeah. Um, for launch at home, there is discussion whether we are going to be able to teach from home or we have to teach from school. I, I selected that I, my first preference is to teach from home. My second is to teach from school. My, my problem with the teach from school is it's not guaranteed that I'm going to be teaching to an empty classroom. There oh. is the potential that I will have students in my class and online and have to teach them simultaneously. Oh, no. Oh, yes. That's crazy. Exactly. So I am not, a, nobody has been able to answer the questions of all that because it's all going to be based on what parents register their kids for and what the numbers look like. It is all a numbers game right now. 
Mm -hmm. um, and they can't tell us what it's going to look like until it's done. Um, and then face-to-face, -face, which I don't want to do, but this launch ed at home from a teacher's perspective could essentially be face-to-face -face plus. So it's, it's very concerning because I don't know. Um, I have to still have to register my kids. So they have the deadline set for all these registrations as this coming Friday. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully after that, we will hear something. Um, they talked a lot about, depending on the numbers, having to place teachers different locations. Like maybe I won't be teaching at my new school anymore. I don't know. Uh, maybe my students or my kids won't have their regular teachers because of whatever. And I, I don't like that. I, I chose their school. I chose my school for specific reasons. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be um, losing that. And I completely understand that there are parents that need to get back to school. We have a lot of, um, you know, first responders and essential workers. And I understand that those parents need somewhere for their kids to go. But I think um, there's been discussion of something called a learning lab, which is um, they essentially glorified babysitting the student like it would be it would kind of be a way for like the paraprofessionals who may not be able to do anything with digital learning because mm -hmm. I know or somebody teachers anybody volunteering to take on this job of supervising students while they're doing their digital work so it would be like a classroom but it would be a much smaller amount and they wouldn't necessarily be there for teaching they would be there literally just to supervise and make sure the kids did what they were supposed to. Wow. So it, and it's weird because it's, I mean, it allows those parents to go back to work. Yeah. Which is a necessary thing, but the, the system is broken when the entire economy is based on school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're not getting paid the big bucks here. Exactly. <laughs> we are and you're having not at all responsibilities placed on you with with all the different options that you just told me. And like the fact that there's a possibility that you may have to teach, you know, at the school to both in person and online at the same time, but yet you're not gonna get paid anymore. Nope. So work. That's just mind blowing to me. And for that, I, I bow down to you girls. <laughs> no way. I mean, teachers are a special, I mean, nurses are, are special. You know, everyone's special, but teachers, I mean, you guys are so underappreciated as far as I'm Yeah. Well, and it's crazy how in the past six months, everything went from teachers are really underappreciated and then pandemic and everybody's teaching from home and they're all like, oh, teachers are amazing. What yeah. do you want? I'll get you anything you want. And, da, 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 da. and now it's like, will you just get back in the classroom and take my kid? <laughs> like, do you not think I want to send my kids away? I have three tweens in this house. Oh. <laughs> I have had enough of video games and YouTube and <laughs> little boy B.O. to last me a lifetime. Like, but I'm still doing what's safe. <laughs> so yeah like we all need out because yes. they're very social beings but they can't go anywhere no oh my god well I want to I want to give you the opportunity to just I mean if there's anything that you want our lovely governor <sighs> to hear from a teacher who is struggling I mean I, I just came <sighs> today and, I, and I'm going to write this in my um, I, I contribute to medium.com and so I'm definitely going to refer to this with this uh, <laughs> article but the fact that 
Florida chapter of American Academy of Pediatrics sends a letter to Governor DeSantis, and they're asking him to please do not reopen these brick and mortar, you know, schools. And he just seems to be like, well, you know, my kids aren't going to be affected. You know, my kids are good. Literally, quote, as a father of three young kids, I do not fear the virus effect on my kids. I think the risk is incredibly low. I fear way more things in terms of their health and safety, but I would not have any problem having them in school if they were. They're not school age, but if they were, I would absolutely do that. And I think it would be safe for them, end quote. So, yeah. Yeah, it's... Take this opportunity now. The floor is yours. (laughs) What is it that you want parents or governors and naysayers of this pandemic to know? there's no easy decisions here. There's no right. There's well, there is wrong, but there's no necessarily right decision right now. Um, Our governor has been very flippy floppy after the executive order came down saying that all Florida schools must open five days a week, brick and mortar for all students, basically making that an option to do face-to-face teaching or learning. He has since, I believe yesterday in a press conference, said something that schools will not face repercussions if they do not open. Hmm. Um, And that is uh, music to my ears because after watching 20-some hours of my school board discussions over the past week and a half, it is very clear that they do not want to open. They, um, They understand, they heard hundreds of parents, probably thousands of emails on our concerns of not wanting our kids to go to school from teachers, not wanting to risk ourselves. Because if teachers are forced to work from school and face-to-face, they have no choice. They have to send their kids. I'm lucky enough that my husband works from home and can stay home. So even if I have to go to work, my kids are taken care of. And can still stay home. But there are people who their spouse works outside the home. They're not able to, they're single parents. They don't have those options. And that's not safe. Like that's, I just don't understand how people can think with our numbers being so high when we are around 10,000 new cases every single day in the state of Florida that this is normal and okay to go back to school. Like we shut down the schools when there was like 300 cases in the state and now there's 10,000. We're like, oh, back to school, everyone. And it just, it, it completely confuses me, the logic. I understand that the economy needs to get back. Trust me, I get it. Florida runs on tourists. Like, (laughs) I get it. All the budgets are going to be shot for the next three years because of this. But our governor needs to lock down the entire state, the entire state, yes, even you, Disney, for three weeks, just three solid weeks where everybody, like, I don't know, everybody go to Publix real good. Everybody order your Amazon stuff now and lock it down. Mm -hmm. Stay home, watch your Netflix, read a book or 20, (laughs) clean your house, reorganize your closet, play with your dog, talk to your children. I promise they have things to say. Mm -hmm. And if you really have to go out to probably walk your dog or something, wear a mask. And then in three weeks, it will all but be eradicated. Like we need to do what Italy did. Like everybody like for so long was like, 
Italy, 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 because people were dying. Okay, Italy has old people. Let's just, let's, Italy was really old, but you know what? So is Florida. This is where they all come. This is where the snowbirds come. And it's just like, it doesn't make sense. You had to have a permit to walk your dog in in Italy. Hmm. That's what it should be like right now. We need to lock it down and not, like, that's how you stop it. And we just don't have the government support of the people in high places at a state or national level to support it. And they just try and make all of the scientists and doctors, um, they're trying to discredit everybody. And that's just not, like, you can't do that. That's, they, they went to school for this, not you. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and like with the executive order, sorry, I'm like all over the place, but there's lots of things. Executive orders said that counties or like local districts could override the executive order with the assistance of like the local department of health. However, it has come out since then that the state has told the local departments of health not to talk to the schools. Oh, like, man. oh yeah. So like the, the people who are in charge of making that decision have been told not to make that decision. Mm-mm. And it's like, I don't even understand how that, like, they just contradict themselves and nobody will make the decisions. And I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I just, it's just scary. It's well, just scary. That was the reason why when I saw that initial article on LinkedIn about teachers contemplating even quitting because yes. they put themselves back in that, you know, in that vulnerable and dangerous position, especially teachers like you that have kids, you know, they're like, you know, right. wow, I'd rather quit and find some other job. And, and I know that's hard because teachers, as I said, are special. They go to school. They understand that they're not going to make a lot of money, but they, the passion for teaching and children and everything else. I mean, you can't put a price on that. So the fact that you have no. special individuals such as yourself turn around and quit and like, you know, screw it. I'll just go ahead and, you know, work somewhere else. Just so right. Well, isn't, isn't that what the government told us to do? They said, find something else. Yeah. That's scary. <laughs> but it's, there's so many elderly teachers that it's not, it's really not safe for them. We have teachers who are fighting cancer. We have teachers who've had transplants. We have teachers who have asthma and diabetes, but we have students who are going through all this too. And these are the people who are going to get it worse and quickest because their immune system is already shot. Hmm. And there's, there's not concern for that. Um, It's like, okay, well, students can do like hospital homebound, which is a version where like teachers come to them, but they, the requirements there are so minimal because you're expected to be hospitalized. It's, there's not a good solution. For teachers, it's, it, we're like allowed to take a year, I believe, of like medical leave, but what about our pay? Like we didn't make, like we didn't sign on for this job to work during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. There should be and, pay or something like that included with your salary. Sarah, yes, something. I mean, there should at least be cleaning supplies. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like a given. That shouldn't even that's be a big problem. You just automatically use your check and by the way, here's some wipes or, you know. Yes. A weekly wipe supply or something. <laughs> you know what? Okay, so I know I went to Home Depot yesterday and 
I thought I was seeing things. I had to wipe my eyes twice. The Home Depot over at Castleberry, they had cans of Lysol. Oh, <gasps> did they? Yes, they did. It's a wonderful customer, but I'm just saying, put your mask on and go. <laughs> <laughs> I know because you can't find anything on Amazon because no. we've been doing all of our shopping on Amazon and doing like grocery pickup or, or like Instacart stuff and you can't even find it. Anytime I add stuff, it's they're like, no. <laughs> like, oh, that was a nice now. spot. Toilet paper I can find, it's wipes. Now you it's wipes. I can't find wipes anywhere. Nope, I can't find wipes. And almost all the ones that I had brought home from my classroom, are I've almost gone through because yeah. we couldn't find them anywhere else. So I had to use mm-hmm. the ones I had set aside for school. Oh, <sighs> man. Well, yeah. look, we need, we need to get you some wipes. All right, so guys... <laughs> Henry, thank you so, so much for your time and your, I mean, I, I, I heard it in your voice. I mean, you, I mean, it's just, it's so real and raw and I appreciate it. so authentic. Thank you so much for just sharing, you know, what's been on, not just your mind, but every teacher that is looking at August 1st going, what are we going to do? I mean, I'm scared. Like you just said, you're scared. So if someone yeah. wanted to, I don't know, just to talk to you or maybe get in contact with you and say, Hey, I got some wipes to donate to your people <laughs> um, are human, you know? So what, right. how can they get a hold of you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. My username is at AMDSimone. Okay. That's okay. the easiest way. <laughs> you may want to spell DSimone because you know. Oh, yes, that's true. Um, so it's at A-M-D-E-S-I-M-O-N-E. Mm-hmm. Or even um, I have a teacher Instagram. Um, it's uh, <laughs> Dreams Lesson Plans on Instagram. Dreams Lesson Plans. I'm going to write that down. Dreams. And is that all together? Dreams yeah, lesson dreams, lesson plans, because it's dreams into lesson plans, but it doesn't all fit. But yeah, people, if you can just, even if it's just one, you know, one canister, maybe a tissue box, I mean, these teachers aren't given any additional money, but yet they're having to have all these different things, and with them having to possibly go back to a brick and mortar school situation, I mean, anything that people can do to help, please. If you're not 100% sure, if you missed all that info, you know how to get a hold of me. And together we will awesome. help her and other teachers like her having to make this unfortunate decision on whether or not to go back to school, whether or not they're going to send their kids back to school, and just... Yeah. So thank you so much for your time, and uh, oh, I'm going to be praying for you, girl. Praying for thank you. <laughs> all right. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Wow, what a powerful interview from Anne-Marie. I'm just so grateful that she took the time to speak about the subject. Um, I'm just blown away. I'm blown away about the amount of commitment that these teachers have, and yet everything that's been bestowed upon them as far as responsibility, and now the cleaning supplies, things that they need to make this situation work. I mean, it's a situation that, To be honest with you, I don't know what I would do. The fact that she has three children and the fact that she is a teacher herself, um, I just don't know what to say. But what I will say (laughs) is, you know, I'm going to go ahead and leave some links on my 
podcast description on how you can help her and teachers like her as far as like donating certain items that they need to make this, you know, the situation work. Everything from cleaning supplies, wipes, cans of Lysol, um, tissues, paper towels, because there are a lot of times that they just don't have these things for them and yet they're expected to pay for them out of their own pockets. So I'm gonna go ahead and leave that information as well. And be sure that you connect with Amory with the social media links I'm gonna to give to you. Also, anything you can do to help her out, that'd be great. Thank you so much, Amory, for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you, everyone who's been listening to this podcast. Again, you can catch me on Instagram and on Facebook with Hey Did You Know? And on Twitter, you can catch me as Shalane Demarest. Thank you so much for listening. Be safe, be kind, wear your masks, everybody, and be kind to one another.